This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 536, Ben McBride's Views on Facebook IELTS Writing Controversy. You are listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection, and we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Find out why our strategies are the most powerful in the IELTS world and get your free video masterclass at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Now, let's get to the show. Today, you'll meet Ben McBride, creator of a 20,000-strong IELTS Facebook group, and learn about the IELTS writing debate that revolutionized his teaching. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, IELTS Energy listeners. We have a super special guest today for you guys. We are branching out into the world of, of IELTS on Facebook. And so we have another awesome IELTS professional uh, to share some of his thoughts. And we're going to dig into some writing controversies today, guys. So stay tuned. Um, ben McBride is our guest. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience, please? Sure. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, so my name is Ben McBride, and I am the administrator of the Facebook group IELTS for All. And I just kind of started up a website, uh, IELTSLessonsForYou.com. So that's cool. kind of where I'm at with IELTS. How long have you been an IELTS professional? Like, how long have you been sort of teaching or working with IELTS? Uh, it's been a few years now. Uh, I started out actually writing uh, practice material for an academy uh, that was teaching IELTS. Uh, so that's kind of okay. how I started. Um, awesome. And then, yeah, then I started teaching it. You know, like go, going from that direction is really beneficial um, for teaching because then you know what all the tricks are. Like I've written, I've written lots of textbooks and practice tests and stuff like that too. So I know what the test writers are thinking as far as like trying to make students get the wrong answers. So then when you start instructing, you could be like, all right, well, watch out for this negative or watch out for that. You know, I think it's, I think it's really advantageous, advantageous to having a teacher. Oh yeah. For reading and listening, especially, I think a lot of yeah. teachers really struggle to teach those skills, but Totally. If you can kind of reverse engineer the way the test is made, exactly. uh, the strategies become pretty obvious, I think. Yeah, no, that's that's precisely what we say, too. Like, everything in our course is sort of reverse engineered from uh, what the examiner expects on speaking and writing. Like, mm -hmm. 
start with the descriptors. Like start for what does it mean to be an eight, right? And then develop from there. So it's just sort of extrapolating from a different direction than I think other teachers would think about. Yes. Um, okay. So tell us about your Facebook group. Did you start this Facebook group? Yeah, I started it. I, st- <laughs> I still remember it's, it's a, weird thing starting a Facebook group because there's always (laughs) going to be the first member. So I remember starting it and someone joining and I, I'm wondering what was in their mind. Like, Oh, am I the only person (laughs) in here? (laughs) The description says this is a community for, for developing your IELTS skills. That's Um, hilarious. But it grew quickly and, and, you know, it started out uh, with a lot of live lessons. Um, I think I was doing like two or three live lessons a week. Um, just to build oh, wow. kind of a community. And then uh, over over the months, I've kind of toned down the live lessons to once a, once a week. Um, <laughs> it's it got a little uh, taxing on my, on my energies, but. Um, no, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of effort. Um, okay. So just a couple questions about <laughs> what you just said. Um, how long ago did you start it? Oh, uh, I think it was about. Oh, I I don't even know. Maybe about a year ago. Um, oh, okay. Could be a little less or a little more, but around there, I think. And how many subscribers do you have now, or how many members, I should say? I think we're above twenty thousand now. Um, yeah, we've That's been kind of getting up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're above twenty thousand now. That's amazing. Okay. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the community aspect of it because I think a lot of people view online learning as like this real individual sort of solo flexible way to study, which which is fantastic and that's all true. But it is really hard to make progress and to stay motivated without that sense of community, right? Like is that sort of what motivated you to start this group? Yeah, and it, it's something I'm still kind of working on developing. It's it's hard to what what I want is for students who have genuine questions, especially more specific questions. You know, questions yeah, like does this totally. strategy work, or you know, is this grammar correct? To be posting and and to have you know other people commenting in there, uh, you know. But right. Facebook is such a um, it's a place where marketing really drives a lot of the content. So yeah. you get so many people from, you know, places that you don't really want them oh. contributing that much. I mean, you know, most of the posts that I have to filter out are, you know, YouTube channel promotions or... Oh, really? Um, so like other like online teachers are coming into your group and like advertising themselves? Essentially, yeah, which it's oh, really, wow. it's a hard line to balance because I know they're trying to provide information that would right. maybe be useful to the students, but I have to quality check all that stuff before I right. can allow it onto the site. And I also... For sure. I don't want to, as soon as I allow one teacher to use the group as a promotional tool, then yeah. why am I not allowing every teacher to do that? And That's then the true. group just devolves into, you know, every teacher <laughs> for themselves kind of uh Oh god. Yeah. That sounds like a like an intelligent gladiator battle that uh, I would like to witness. It's um. <laughs> a little tricky. And that's I mean, so that's kind of a lot of the reason that I'm trying to get my kind of website up and rolling because I have a lot more control over membership sure. there. Sure. Of course, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's what I like about – so our course has like a closed Facebook group. So it's only people in the course that can join and post in there. Um, so it's already controlled, right? But still – like I'll still get emails sometimes or, you know, just stuff from students around the world. And guys, everyone listening now, the specific questions, like Ben said, those specific questions show that you're learning, you're invested, and you're actually thinking about the material. Like – and the strategies, right? Like those are the questions that we really want to think about. Um, if, <laughs> like, how many times do students come at you with like, "How can I improve uh-huh. my English?" Like this sort of question. It's brutal. How, it's brutal. How do you handle that? Do you even answer that anymore? Or, like, what do you do? Uh, well, not that's another reason that I wanted the website up so that I could just <laughs> post a link. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. I have kind of my like, you know, speaking strategy guide page. Awesome. And I can just post that link every time somebody asks a a generic, how do I improve my speaking kind of question. But yeah, those specific questions, it's like the answers to those questions are so useful for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Those generic questions don't really help people. um, So it's it's just self-survey. It doesn't really contribute to the group. Well, because there's no answer. There's right. I can't I can't give you two sentences that would satisfy that. Like there's nothing I could say. Um but yeah, I mean this this sense of community that I see in our Facebook group as well is inspirational. Like the way that students help each other and really like only posting questions as they're learning the strategies or as they're doing test practice, you know, like why is this? Yes, I thought it was not given. And then we could dissect it and everybody learns from like this one post, you know, and everybody gets that much more practice. Um, Okay, so as promised, listeners, we're going to talk about some controversies that have arisen on Ben's uh, Facebook group about writing. Um, Before I forget, can you spell the title of your Facebook group for our listeners? Yeah, it's um it's IELTS for all. Yeah. So it's so, the number four, right? No, actually the, the Facebook group it's not. Yeah. Um okay. so the yeah, IELTS F O R A L L. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to um, make sure yeah, we the, got that correct. <laughs> the website is with a four, so it's IELTS lessons number four letter U. Uh, so that's okay. maybe it gets a little confusing there, but Ben, Ben, you should have thought about this before. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I need. I should have started with branding and then <laughs> did everything else. But <laughs> you know, everything's a learning process. Um, guys, come back to the blog ielts.alliersenglish.com. This is episode five three six, and I will put both names. <laughs> Thank you. In the blog post for this episode. <laughs> I appreciate okay, that. So- So let's get into it. Let's see if Ben and I agree on some of these controversies. All right. So what is the first issue that you said really brought up lots of reaction in your Facebook group? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so there was an article uh, put out by someone named Pauline Cullen. Are you familiar with her? 
No. Um, she has a lot of respect online. Uh, there's one okay. Facebook group in particular that, that she's kind of treated sort of like a god. Um, she does oh, wow. work with IELTS <laughs> exam development. Like, she works for for Cambridge or for, for whoever. So, um, oh. so she... She in one of her lessons, she came out really strongly against teachers who teach uh, different types of essays. So, you know, cause and effect oh. essay, advantages, disadvantages essay, opinion essay, yeah. uh, right. and especially those who try to kind of market their program as like a, you know, follow. You know, you have to use these five different types if you want to get a good right. score. Um, Okay, so what what do you think about that? How does that strike you? Well, that ruffled my feathers a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. And, and it actually kind of sparked uh, a bit of a change in my approach to writing. Um, Interesting. You know, I've been teaching academic writing like forever, and yeah. that's just a standard. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what every ESL textbook uses um, as a well, way as a shortcut to learning academic structure, basically. So exactly, I completely agree. I so this this is how I look at it as well. It's like even native speakers, right? When we're learning to write, first we learn like this type of compare contrast to paragraph thing. And then we learn like you have to start with the fundamentals. You have to start with a basic outline, a basic understanding of how different information is organized to convey certain messages and to answer certain question types. But at the same time, you in order to get like an eight, say, mm -hmm. you have to also approach this with fle with flexibility. It's that sort of natural voice that comes through that allows you to raise that score, right? But that's true. That doesn't take away from the fact that you still need to learn some templates at first. Like I compare Absolutely. it to, like I compare it to jazz, sort of. <laughs> like you have to learn all the rules. Like you have to be really good Absolutely, at the rules. Absolutely, yeah. Like before you can break them, right? That's no, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly it. And and when you're going for, you know, a lot of a lot of students are going for like a six or a six point five. Like yeah. what you need first and foremost is to make sure you've got the basics down. Um, and yeah. a lot of that comes with learning templates. Now I have kind of shifted a little bit on this and I still think templates are valuable, but now my templates do not align with, um, those, you know, the, when you look at the topics for task two, um, yeah. they seem to naturally put themselves into categories. Um, totally. I think that's something that, that Cambridge should maybe look at because, you know, if it's, if it's true that kind of, they don't want people following different templates for different essays, well, they shouldn't, they shouldn't phrase the questions all in those same kinds of ways, you know? Well, um, more and more they're not, though. I mean, there are increasing numbers of mixed question types now where, um, like, it states a topic and then it says, you know, what is your opinion on this and what are the solutions to this? Mm. So I think Cambridge has also recognized that, that, you know, students are just, like, memorizing certain things. So they are mixing it up more and more often. And that's why like I also became more flexible in in my approach to to teaching these things and and realizing also that that's also that's like a lot of what students are missing is is that flexibility that voice that creativity in just focusing on the question not so much the essay type right yeah no that's that's exactly it and I think a lot of I mean I I still kind of divide it into two essentially I mean I've still got 
you know, the, the prompt that you just gave as an example, I, I would call that kind of a two question type of prompt where there's two very distinct questions that you have to answer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and that lends itself to a pretty simple format. Uh, and then there are some questions that are not, you know, like do the advantages outweigh the disadvantages right. where it's not yeah. so clear how you should divide the essay. And that's where I think a lot of students fall apart is because, okay, do I put the advantages first and then the disadvantages and then my opinion or, well, you know, how is, should I, because yeah. you need a clear stance and you need right. a full discussion of the issue. And I think a lot of students struggle to concisely fit both of those objectives into one essay. Well, this is why templates are important. Yes. Like, I mean, like you just said, students look at this and they fall apart, but we need something to rely on. Like we need a system and a basic understanding going in because it like, however it's phrased, do you agree or disagree? To what extent do you agree? Mm-hmm. How, like, no matter how it's phrased, it's basically asking you like, just to just talk about both sides, just hit that, you know, seven or higher for task response <laughs> because you completely answer the question. Don't freak out about it. Like it's, you know, it. I think um, without templates, that leads to overthinking, that leads to wandering and then not addressing the question directly. And then you get a lower task response score. Especially if you're from an academic tradition that doesn't have quite as rigid a, a structure as as Western exactly. academic writing has. Exactly. So I have a no. lot of Chinese students, and and they have yeah. a tendency to, you know, the the oversimplified version is kind of work in more of a circular uh, yes. kind of approach. And I can see that in their writing. And I get why totally. they're doing that because yeah. I don't, I don't think the prompt maybe makes it that clear. And certainly the scoring guide, you know, you know, what, what a lot of students say is, well, you know, all of it should be based on just the scoring guide. It's like, well, that's yeah. kind of true, but then you've got words in the <laughs> scoring guide, like, like logical development, where yeah. what does logical development mean that that's different in different cultures? So you really have to totally, you have to kind of absorb what the expectations are in. Western academic writing to be able to do that. Completely. We've, we've talked about that on the show before the, um, the sort of cultural bias that's inherent in the grading system, because Mm -hmm. this has Western expectations of how you need to express your ideas, which is direct and in detail. Like you said, it's not immediately uh, obvious when you look at the descriptors, it says like, you know, an expanded position or a clear and relevant position. Like, what does that mean? This mm-hmm. is why IELTS examiners themselves have to be trained so highly because it just not anyone off the street would understand that. Like, right. And <laughs> it's I, not sometimes so we forget, like, you know, it took us probably 12, 15 years of right. gradual academic progression from middle school until, you know, grad school or whenever. Like we've yeah. been writing and reading academic work for so many years and right. we're meant to. So yeah, I, th- I think a lot of teachers don't like teaching templates because it doesn't seem to jive with how they learned, but sure. they learned over yeah. the course of, you know, this gradual process. Our students have to take right. the exam in two months. So right, <laughs> that's not an option, you know? Like, what's the most effective way of doing this? Um, that's also a theme that comes up quite often when we're discussing IELTS. Lindsay and I are just like, okay, so 
maybe people come at us, maybe they're teachers or students, and they're like, okay, these are my options for how to learn. And I'm just like, choose the simplest one, man. You have 30 days. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is going to get you the score in the you know least painful amount of time that you have? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, okay, listeners, to be completely honest. All right. So Ben and I did not discuss this before coming on, before recording, because I thought it would be interesting if maybe we disagreed about (laughs) something, but I'm really glad that we agreed. (laughs) Me too. I mean, if you had talked to me maybe, yeah, three, four months ago, I probably would have would have gotten into an argument with you here because oh funny <laughs> yeah I really did I I changed my video course I I did a lot of adjustments oh, wow. um after that kind of a crisis of confidence a bit with my with my strategies and you know I don't think the templates I was using were bad necessarily but right. I realize now they're probably not necessary and maybe confuse the issue just a bit yeah we we have very simplified just straightforward templates in our course but then as you did we evolve as teachers as well and i think being able to admit that and sort of fine-tune our material says a lot about our professionalism and how we're really determined to help our students the best way we can um that we added a whole lesson to the writing module called level up where it's encouraging that flexibility. It's taking these fundamentals that you've learned and then learning how to, exactly like it says, to level up, right? To really make that your own and try and focus more on the question, right? Like Mm -hmm. really expanding our understanding. So awesome. We've had sort of a similar evolution Mm -hmm. in uh, our writing perspectives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's very good to know. I'm. I don't get a chance to talk to a lot of uh, other IELTS instructors, so this is this is good for me too. <laughs> well, Ben, you know what? I think we're gonna wrap it up here for today. Um, but there is another writing controversy that we didn't have time to get to. So I really hope you'll consider being a guest in the future to continue the discussion. Yeah, but we'll put a pin in this and uh, come back to it at a, at a later date. Awesome. This has been so fantastic. So, guys, um, check out Ben's Facebook group. It is open, right? Anybody can join unless That's you're right. a yep. teacher advertising yourself. So go to <laughs> IELTS for All. That's all spelled out. I'll put it in the blog post. This is episode 536. And as always, guys, if you want to access um, the uh, templates and also lessons on how to be flexible for the highest writing scores, you can get into our course, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for the discussion today, Ben. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Yep. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon.